We should be seeing some signs, some wonders, some miracles, some things hot on the heels of the preaching. That's how God intended this. Okay, well, let's be honest then. If we're not seeing it, we got to find out why. One of the big reasons that the body of Christ at large is not seeing these signs and wonders and are convinced that they're passed away, that that all died out with the apostles, but one of the reasons, big reasons they're not seeing it is because they're not preaching the word. You cannot just preach opinion. You cannot just preach your experience, your lack of experience, what somebody else said, and expect that God is obligated to follow that up with signs and wonders. He's not. Jesus is not obligated to work with that because he's not confirming that. He confirms what? He confirms the word. But those of us who have dedicated ourselves to the word and we've committed ourselves to, to knowing it, living by it, letting it correct us, direct us. I'm not saying we get it right every time, all the time, but our heart is for it. We should be seeing it. So Jesus is answering the question here, if you're not, here's why. Now, without going through the whole thing, I'll give you a brief explanation. He said wayside ground. Wayside ground is hard ground. Wayside ground is the ground that people and animals would walk next to the fields, and that ground would get so hard that when seed would fall on it, it wasn't soft. Therefore, it couldn't sink in, and it would just sit on top. And Jesus said, those are people who hear the word but don't understand it. Now, he's not talking about grasping it mentally. To understand it means to value it. You understand how valuable it is. And if you understand how valuable it is, you honor it. You honor it. But that's even a phrase we use when we don't understand something. Well, it's just not sinking in. You ever said that? You ever heard anybody say, ah, something about it. It's just not sinking in. That's exactly what he's talking about. The word's getting preached to you, but if there's a hard heart that doesn't value it and honor it as the word of God, but just esteems it as man's word, it's not going to sink in. I might as well be standing here throwing seed at your forehead. It's not doing anything. And Jesus said, Satan comes immediately and steals that word. How was he so, how was it able to be stolen so easily? Because it didn't get in just laying out there on the surface. So Satan comes along and says, thank you very much, I'll take that. Therefore, it doesn't produce anything in your life. He went on and talked about stony ground. Now, stony ground is ground that's soft on top, but it's got a layer of stone beneath it. So it's shallow. So whereas the other seed didn't penetrate, this does, it gets in, and it even says it begins to spring up and bear fruit. But this person is somebody who hears the word, Receives it with joy. Yes, amen. Good word. Good preaching. I like it. Praise the Lord. But Jesus said immediately when persecution and tribulation arise because of the word's sake, they are offended. Offended. And he says it won't work in their lives. It withers away. Shallow reception. This is what God calls being offended. If you're easily offended, God calls that being shallow. He went on to talk about thorny ground. He said, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things spring up like thorns and they choke out the word and it doesn't produce anything. No signs following that preaching. So what's being preached must be the word, but number two, the heart. 
has something to do with whether or not that word produces anything in the life of the person that heard it. Are you tracking with me? Well, he said there's good ground. Well, what is good ground? By default, you know good ground is tender, soft, ground where the seed can penetrate. You know good ground is not easily offended. Good ground is ground in which you have cast all your care, all your worry, all your anxiety over onto him and you stay in faith and you refuse to believe what you see and what you feel. You choose instead to believe the word of God. You stay in that attitude and in that frame and that's good ground. And in that ground, that seed can take root, spring up, bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Amen. These are the signs. These are the signs that validate the word. They're not there to validate you. They're not there to confirm you. Look at what an amazing super Christian I am. I must have amazing faith. And it's not there to confirm you. The signs aren't pointing to you. The signs are pointing to the word. Look at how living and alive and powerful this word is. So that's where the glory should go, right? So Jesus preaches all of this. Now, what do you suppose is about to happen? He's been preaching the word. What would be the father's intent after Jesus preaches the word? Is it time to see some signs? Okay, well, let's read and see if we do. But I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice how hot on the heels of this preaching these signs come. Jesus has just preached everything I told you. Probably did a better job with it, but that's, that's all right. Now, if you skip down towards the end of this chapter, down around verse 35, what's the Bible say? On the same day. That's pretty quick, right? On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said, Teacher, you don't even care that we're dying. But he arose, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased. There was a great calm, sign number one, on the same day of the preaching of the word, Instant peace, instant calm. What is that? Confirmation that everything this man just preached is the truth. Validation of his message. Sign number one, he spoke peace, peace came. He rebuked the wind, he rebuked the confusion, and peace came. Calm came. Hot on the heels of the preaching of the word. Now, they're in this boat on their way to the other side. These disciples, man, <laughs> they get caught in some stuff out on that water. If I was one of these guys, I'm not sure I'd ride in a boat ever again. It's like nearly dying in two plane crashes in one lifetime. That, that ain't cool. But they didn't die. Thank God Jesus was in the boat. So they get to the other side, and as soon, this is Mark chapter 5 now, as soon as they get to the other side. So what are we talking about? Hot on the heels 
of this sign number one, which was hot on the heels of the preaching of the word, they get over there and this crazy demon-possessed naked man sees Jesus from afar, starts running at them. These guys are still, you know, shaking from nearly dying last night out on the water. And next thing you know, they've got this demon-possessed man running straight at him. And Jesus casts the demons out of him. Can you sense some momentum building? What started with preaching resulted in peace, sign number one. Sign number two, some guy demon-possessed out of his mind, possessed with thousands of demons. Next thing you know, after Jesus casts it out, this man is clothed and in his right mind, carrying on an intelligent conversation with them. This is a sign, what? That the word is true. This is a sign pointing back to that message, pointing back to the preaching of the word, validating the message. And you know what happened? Those demons begged Jesus, let us go to them pigs. Jesus said, fine, go to the pigs. And all those demons filled 2,000 pigs and those pigs ran down the hill and they drowned in the sea below. There's some stuff going on this day. I mean, these disciples woke up what is it now, less than 24 hours ago and everything was normal? Listening to a guy preach, hmm, good message. <laughs> Little did they know they were about to see some stuff, man. Almost died in the middle of the sea until this man spoke and the wind and the waves obey him and next thing you know, we think this crazy naked guy's gonna kill us all but now he's clothed in his right mind. What is going on? And out of that, Jesus goes, okay, let's get back in the boat. <laughs> Be honest. If you're one of the 12, you're going, I'll walk around. <laughs> I'm not getting back in a boat. He's going, no, come on, let's get back in the boat. Go back to the other side. Hot on the heels. They get to the other side. This is all same, still Mark chapter 5. As soon as they get to the other side, there's a crowd waiting for them. And a man named Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, digs his way, plows his way through that crowd, comes and falls on his knees at Jesus' feet and says, my little daughter lies at the point of death, but if you come lay your hands on her, she will live. What a declaration of faith. And you can tell Jesus liked it because the next verse is, so Jesus went with him. Why? He follows faith. He goes where faith goes. And this man said, you do this, she will live. So he says, let's go. And he's on his way to Jairus' house. And this crowd is thronging him and everybody's trying to get a hold of him. And all of a sudden in the middle of this, Jesus goes, who touched me? Who touched me? Somebody touched me. And his disciples said, somebody, everybody. They all did. They're all trying to get a hold. He said, no, somebody touched me. And I'll add this, in faith. And power went out of me. And that woman, fearing and trembling, you know the story, she came down fell at his feet, found herself at the exact same place that Jairus was just a few minutes before at the feet of Jesus. Bible says telling him all the truth, everything that happened in her, how she had had this issue of blood for 12 years, was nothing better but only grew worse, spent all she had on doctors and medicine and nothing would help and heard about Jesus, heard Jesus was in town and faith comes by hearing and hearing that Jesus is in town. So she came and found him, plowed her way through that crowd, breaking every law. Oh, 
breaking every law. The law said, you're unclean, you can't be out here. But some supernatural law is about to supersede some natural law. So she plows through that crowd, reaches out, grabs a hem of his garment in faith, power hits that body, and six weeks later she was healed. Several months later, well, the Lord healed her in sweet death. We hear this stuff. Instantly, immediately, that issue of blood was dried up and she was healed of that affliction. And when he said, somebody touched me, she said, it was me. <laughs> Told him everything. Told him everything. And while she's still talking, somebody from Jehira's house comes and says, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble this man anymore. And the first recorded words we have of Jesus... Speaking Jairus is when he turns to him and in my mind grabs him by the lapels of that expensive suit, <laughs> brings him in and says, do not be afraid, only believe. If you'll believe, what's he saying? He's saying, where's some momentum right now? 24 hours ago, I was just preaching the word. Since then, that message has been confirmed out on the sea. It was confirmed across the sea when the, that man was healed. It just got confirmed again when this woman was healed. And if you'll let it, yeah. if you'll let it, yeah. it'll be confirmed in you. Jairus says, okay. So they go to his house. Everybody's there crying, weeping, wailing. Jesus puts them all outside, which is good news. You can do that. Anybody not in faith with you? As you stand and believe God, you can very lovingly and politely say to them, you can wait out there. You can either get in faith or you can wait out there till I'm done. We'll talk again when I got the victory. But you can wait. I'm not having that. I don't got time for this unbelief. I don't have time for this weeping and this wailing and this doubt and this fear. I need people in faith with me. So he put them all outside. And the only people in the room, James and John, Peter, and the child's parents. And Jesus went up to her. Come on, feel this momentum. It just began less than a day ago with preaching. But the momentum is rising. And we've seen signs. We've seen wonders. We've seen miracles. Wonderful things that are all escalating. And now it's culminating into Jesus looking at this little girl. And he said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is to say, little girl, I say to you, arise. Eyes come open. Lungs filled with air. She's alive. Talk about momentum. From the preaching of the message to the raising of the dead. And all of it points back. And all of it is saying, listen to that word. That word is true. That word is real. That word is alive. Look what that word has done. Look what faith in that word has done. Faith in that word has calmed the seas. Faith in that word has delivered somebody from possession. Faith in that word has healed a woman from an incurable disease. Faith in that word has raised the dead. Momentum's building. It's building. It's building. And it's all pointing to the word. And then you get to chapter 6. And Jesus is in his own hometown. Think about the momentum he comes to town with. And the last thing that happened was the dead got raised. What could be next? 
is there somewhere to go from here? Yeah, because he's the God of increase. Not the God of decrease, the God of increase. And whatever momentum has been building in his ministry has, is culminating, and, and who knows what's about to happen next. Chapter 6, verse 1. Then, so this is hot on the heels of the raising of the little girl. Then he went out from there, came to his own home uh, country. His disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach. So he's preaching the word again. Now, if you couple this with Luke chapter 4, you know exactly what he was preaching. Luke chapter 4 tells us. You want to know what he preached that day? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to open the eyes, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are oppressed, to open prison doors, and to declare jubilee the acceptable year of the Lord. And Luke tells us that Jesus said today, anybody, was anybody here a few weeks ago when we got excited about today? Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What's that mean? There's power present. Coming out of this word, what's that mean? If there's anybody poor in this crowd, they don't got to leave that way. If there's anybody broken in that crowd, they can leave healed. Anybody blind in the house, they can leave with their sight. Anybody imprisoned, anybody held captive, you can walk out free when? Six to eight weeks from now, God in his timing, his mysterious timing, or we can go with what the Bible says. Preach the word, signs confirm it. Today, it's fulfilled in your hearing. Oh, man, is this getting anybody else excited about what we're about to see happen in this hometown? Are you ready for this? Oh, what happened? They listened to what he said. Verse 2, they were astonished, and they said, where'd you get this? What wisdom is this which is given to him that these mighty works? Yeah, we heard about that raising the dead thing, huh? Yeah, we, we heard. Was it you with the demon-possessed guy? Interesting. Where'd you get that? What wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Isn't this, um, this guy, he's familiar. Who is this? This is the carpenter. Oh, we know you. You're, uh, you're Mary's boy. Yeah, that's him. That's Mary's boy. Yeah, he just grew up down the street. The son of Mary. Your brother, James, Joseph, Judas, Simon. Oh, your sisters are right here. So they were offended. They were offended. Now, in the little time in ministry that Sarah and I have, what little experience we've been given, I can almost guarantee you that if you were to go to these people and say, you're offended. You know what they'd say? No, we're not. We're not offended. I'm not offended. I just want to know where he gets this. I just want to know where he gets off. Talking anointed. <laughs> what are you talking about anointed? What do you mean? Today this is fulfilled? Yeah, right. Come on. We, we know the Messiah is coming. It ain't today. Why? It's Tuesday. Can't be today. 
Can't be you. Why? Because we know you. Because you're from here. Here's a revelation. Everybody's from somewhere. And yet that right there tripped them up, which is literally what the word offended means. Tripped. Now when we're talking about momentum and acceleration and speed building, think about somebody on an Olympic track and then this guy, he's hauling, he's moving, he's out in front of everybody and he's winning this race and he's running faster than he's ever run before. But what if there's some rock out there in the middle of that track and somehow he misses it, doesn't see it, and he trips? Somebody help me. What happens to all that momentum he's built? Gone. Can you see that's exactly what happened to Jesus? He came into town with so much supernatural acceleration so much supernatural momentum, and yet their offense stopped it. Stopped it. This is what offense does. It stops, it kills momentum. Jesus said in verse 4, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and he healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief. He went about in the villages in a circuit teaching. Think back to the message, the message, the Mark chapter four message. What was the message? Here are the things that keep the word from working. Number one, when the word falls on, on hard ground where there's no understanding, where there's no honor. Where there's no honor for it, it can't produce. What did he just say? A prophet is not without honor. He came to sow some seed. He stood up there and he sowed seed to them. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach. And today, what he's anointed me to do can happen right here and now today. Listen to me. Poor, you don't got to walk out of here poor. Blind, you don't have to leave here blind. Brokenhearted, you don't have to leave here brokenhearted. You can leave healed and whole. If you're imprisoned, you can leave free today. If you're covered up under the burden and the bondage of debt, glory to God, I got a message of jubilee that'll lift that burden and free you of that debt. But instead of, instead of believing it and receiving it, they questioned it and rejected it. And it was like throwing seed at somebody's forehead. Boom, boom, produces nothing. No honor for it. No honor is a momentum killer. Whatever momentum the Lord has developed in your life, and even over these last several weeks, we as a church that we've experienced together in here on a Sunday morning, if we are interested at all in seeing this increase instead of decrease, guess what's going to have to rise? Honor. More and more honor and reverence and value for the things of God. But here's the big one. They were offended. Offended. Offense is a momentum killer. God can be busy doing amazing things in your life, 
All of it confirming the word that's been preached to you. Signs, wonders, and miracles happening. And you've increased in every way, physically, financially, relationally. But if you let offense in, it's like being out on that track and stubbing your toe, getting tripped up and falling. And what happens to the momentum? It's gone. Offense is a trap. Offense is a trap. And if we want to see the momentum increase in your life personally, relationally, financially, if we want to see it increase in here, guess what we have zero time for? Offense. Offense. Now, you're going to have to be on the guard for it. Because again, in just working with people for a few years now, we can see it. We recognize, hey, watch out. This is offense getting in. And they say, oh, no, no, I'm not offended. I'm just questioning. According to Jesus, it's the same stuff. Offense. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.